Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live, talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. Hello there, hello there. Welcome to uh, April 10th. Uh, and uh, welcome to the insane world we live in now. Uh, certainly never a dull moment. Uh, my sister Susan is joining us, uh, it being a Tuesday. Hi, Suze. Hey. Hey. So. Um, what's up? What's up? Well, um, the uh, the raiding by the FBI of uh, Michael Cohen's uh, office, hotel room, and home, uh, seizing documents, his phone, all kinds of stuff, um, suggests that things are reaching a, a boiling point. Clearly, uh, Trump was uh, boiling. Um, so yeah, he's going to have to bomb the whole Middle East to, you know, distract <laughs> know, us from this one. What the? And, of course, it's just wonderful that uh, Bolton showed up. Uh, his first day of work was yesterday. So, uh, yeah, God help us all. Um, but I, I just want to point out a few things uh, that the, that I think is getting lost by some people. The person who sought the, um, the uh, ability uh, to conduct these raids was the U.S. attorney for uh, the Southern District. Appointed by Trump after he fired the last guy. <laughs> Well, you took the words out of my mouth. Why, well, I'm sorry, did I steal that? No, that's okay. I mean, I think it's it's knowledge. Uh, yeah, so this is the Karma. guy. This is the guy. I mean, how can Trump say, this is the guy who, given this information, looked at it and said, Jesus, well, never mind that this right. same and, guy, and, Susan. And, and, and I, I said it quickly, but remember, Trump, after telling that the U.S. attorney for New York that he was he was safe in his job, fired him three days later, right. and this was his appointee. That's right. So this is Trump's appointee, uh, and this is, by the way, a guy who um, uh, loves Trump, uh, loves him so much that he uh, maxed out on the. Uh, he gave as much as is legally possible to give to Donald Trump's campaign. Uh, you know, Trump, knowing that he wanted somebody who liked him in this position, put a guy in who gave him money and who is in the same law firm as uh, Rudy Giuliani. Or was in formally. Yeah. I mean, that's where he was. He was so Giuliani probably signed off on him. Said this guy's great. This guy loves you. This guy's one of us. Signs off, and this is the guy who sicked. It wasn't Robert Mueller. This is the guy who sicked the FBI <laughs> on uh, on Trump's well, fixer. I just I have a question. I mean, I watch all these TV shows about fixers and stuff. I know my stuff. Are fixers supposed to keep records? I would think not. <laughs> I would think because the, 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 the very term fixer. But apparently he has. Yeah. Well, he seems like a stupid fixer. The, the, very, um, the very term, right, fixer, suggests something a little shady, right? He's the first president that has required a 24-hour-a-day uh, permanent fixer uh, for the last 30 years. Yeah. I sort of think Nixon had him. I mean, in Haldeman, I think, kind of, but not like, not quite like this. Not like no. this. No, not like this. But um, and 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 we Haldeman have... wasn't cleaning up after after you know Dick's dick, excuse me. Well, that's because there was no need to do that, but uh, because and... he was Dick. <laughs> Susan. But Trump's but Trump. So ben, clearly, did you women get up don't on? care. Honest to Pete, listen. This is something else we learned. So here we have a guy who loved Trump, who's the guy who sicked the FBI on Cohen's, uh, on Cohen and all the information. And we have learned that in order to have obtained the search warrant that he, that he procured, 
to carry this uh, raid out, he had to convince a neutral party, a federal judge, that there, the, that there was a strong belief that there would be found at every location that they were asking for the search warrant for, that there would be found evidence of criminal activity. Now, right. They, in fact, had to prove a, they had a higher standard than is usually oh yeah, for a required warrant. to get to all three of these. That's right. So let's just digest that um, and uh, because our hyperbolic president is, as usual, putting out a bunch of lies. Um, this was his own, these are his own people. These are his own people. Rosenstein's his own person, uh, and Sessions is his own person. And they looked at this stuff and said, well, this is out of our purview. This belongs with the U.S. Attorney for the Southern District in New York, so they sent it off to him, uh, who Trump appointed. That guy looks at it and says, oh, God, and goes running to the federal judge to get the necessary um, uh, warrants to be able to uh, go after a lawyer's office. Unbelievable, really. I mean, this is big. I feel like, um, you know, stop and think. Well, you know, let this be a lesson to lawyers that think that they're allowed to break the law in their client's name and then claim privilege. Yeah. You ain't, know, ain't you true. aren't privileged to break the law. No. So let's look at what where we're at right now. Um, you got Trump's lawyer and fixer and friend now under investigation uh, in Manhattan. You've got his son-in-law, Jared Kushner, by the way, let us not forget, facing scrutiny by prosecutors in Brooklyn. You have uh, his campaign chairman under indictment, his former national security advisor having pled guilty. Why do they say pleaded guilty? Why isn't it pled? Because they don't know that pled is the is the really, but I mean tense. really, and but don't forget the... that when they put the tariffs on China, they specifically exempted Ivanka's clothing line. Yes, right, of course. And, and also don't forget that, that Trump's squawking about Amazon not paying sales taxes and stuff. It turns out Amazon pays sales taxes in all the states that require them to do so. And guess who doesn't pay right. sales? And guess guess who doesn't? Postage for crying out loud. Guess, the post office would go under without them. Guess who doesn't pay sales tax? The Trump Organization with all its crapola that it sells. They don't. So he's squawking about Bezos doing something that he doesn't do when, in fact, he and his organization does. It's, you can't make it up. So, I mean, there are a lot Lynn, of... this has always been thus. Yeah. Whatever he is accusing anybody else of, they are innocent of. It is he. Yeah, right. And he's always projecting. from the very right. beginning. Right, he's always... That's a lie. That she lies. She's a this. She's a that. He's just talking about himself. He he just imagines everybody as horrific as he himself is. Wow. Well, I don't know. So if he fires Rosenstein and or Sessions and or Mueller in the next uh, week, uh, none of us will be surprised. But what we don't know is what the reaction will be. And this is obviously a kind of constitutional crisis that requires one of the other branches of government to step up and do what the Founding Fathers well, but, you thought know, it and, would. And to what end does he fire Mueller? It doesn't end anything. The next guy steps in and takes over. Nah. If he it fires... Does not make the investiga- Mueller is not the investigation. He is the investigator. Right. But if you fire him and his team... And then put in a patsy, a lot of things would go away, you don't think? A lot of things could be very. Well, I, I think that would be very, 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 very hard to accomplish. Well, and I think that you're assuming that the FBI is as political as everybody wants 
you know, as 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 Trump wants you to assume. Why and am I'm I assuming? Assume why are you that assuming? That is an organization made up of mostly in, people of integrity. I'm not assuming the FBI is political in that regard. Well, then the investigation continues, no matter who he puts in. Well, okay. What if he appoints somebody from outside of the FBI, which has been done, right? Not part of yeah. the culture. I mean, who knows? Who knows? Uh, yeah, I'm just. I'm at the point where I'm. I'm beginning to say, hey, we aren't dead yet. Every institution hasn't rolled over yet. Well, but let's, the institution. Let's, let's play the, out. I understand, but the institution. I'm talking about the three branches of government. The institution that would have to step up the one that really has power in a constitutional crisis would be the legislative, the Congress, um, would um, take on the executive that had overstepped uh, in this way, firing the prosecutor that was looking into wrongdoing by, by the president. So I, you, you have a Republican Party now that has resisted all efforts to pass any legislation that would protect Mueller, and you have a Republican Party that has not really in one whit broken from this president, has protected him, aided and abetted him. They're not going to, I mean, normally you would have probably no, and you have a impeachment. whole country that has watched this aghast. And I'm just saying that we are finally in 2018, and at the end of this year, we are in full control of doing something about this. So okay. now it's up to us. Okay, but I want to remind you of, of something that David Brooks reminded me uh, today in his column. Because you say we have a whole country watching this and aghast. No, we have 60% of a country <laughs> watching and aghast. Be yep, that's right. Okay, well, that's, I that, mean... That's, I agree, and we have a mobilized, you know, new young voters, and they aren't a monolithic vote either. So, you know, we assume they'll break down 60-40 just like their parents. I don't think quite, no. So, I, so now we got to vote. Okay, so, um, you know, I just want to, again, for a, 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 just a reality check for those of us in, in this universe, that... Um, Really, a, Trump has a solid 40% who, I mean, all the polls show, continue to <laughs> approve of him. Here's a few other numbers that should chill you. 89% of Republicans have a positive impression of Donald Trump. How is that even possible? That anyone could have a positive well, impression? Partly it's, it's possible because fewer people are identifying as Republicans. Well, Brooks thinks it's the tribal thing that's gone on. You know, the war is on. They belong to the same tribe as Trump, so you circle the wagons. Um, I think so, but there's also a whole lot of people that have decided that they are no longer Republicans. Okay. Um, and he, listen to this. This is from the latest Wall Street Journal NBC poll that 59% of Republicans say they consider themselves more a supporter of Trump than a supporter of the Republican Party. Those are Republicans who are saying, I don't support the party I belong to at what I'm saying, I support Donald Trump, which right. I think helps explain why Mitch McConnell and uh, Paul Ryan and all the other spineless uh, Republicans on Capitol Hill are, are not willing to take him on in any way because they know he has more people behind him than they do, that the base loves him they don't love them and that's so it's it's unbelievable so this is a trump party now he has truly taken over this is not reagan's party this is trump's party and you know brooks is is saying that um 
I mean, all you have to do is look at how everything that the Republican Party was for, the Trump Party has absolutely thrown away. Uh, Free trade. Wasn't that one of the bedrocks of what Republicans, and they said if you polled Republican voters as recently as 2015, overwhelmingly support free trade. Guess what? Poll them today. They overwhelmingly oppose it. The Republican leadership doesn't. Trump does. So he's taken the party. The deficits he's piling up, the spending, the debt, this was always something that Republicans, you know, would be appalled. They support it now. He has literally destroyed what once was the Republican Party. It is now a cult to Trump. I, I, I don't, well, I I don't see it right. any other way. Yeah. So, I think you're right because they, the pe- people are behaving in a cult-like manner. Right. They are not swayed by facts. They are not swayed by what they see happening to the United States vis-a-vis the rest of the world. They just keep doubling down and saying, ain't that great? So that's the behavior of the brainwashed. Oh, God, God, God. Yeah, there you go. I read something. This is a few little things that I came upon in, in that magazine, The Week, that I had escaped me. Um, wow. I mean, this, this chilled me, too. Listen to this. Lou Dobbs, you know, the, the nitwit on Fox Business. Yeah, Lou Dobbs, the guy on, on Fox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. President Trump, it is says here, is so in love, cherishes, it says here, cherishes Lou Dobbs that, get this, he patches Lou Dobbs in to meetings of his cabinet on speakerphone. Aren't they described? Doesn't he need a security clearance? Uh, uh, that's one question, yes, that you could certainly ask. He's in a meeting with senior aides. He's in a meeting with cabinet members. And he gets Dobbs on the phone, patches him in. I mean, this sense you have of a president that is only doing the bidding of Fox News is is absolutely true. He watches. He gets his marching orders from them. He listens to them. He thinks they're all so brilliant. Right. Who he thinks? That, I mean, his new economic advisor is from, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, he might as well just... Have them all come over. Wasn't he going to give Laura Ingram a, a position in the White House? Wasn't he going to? I mean, he's brought over what's his name for the on the economy. Uh, it's I you it, it's it's mind boggling. This is supposedly a great country, a world leading country. Well, it just shows how powerless we are to do anything if the whole if if. Two of the three branches of government absolutely refuse to do their job. Oh, God. Okay, well, so... This whole system depends on the goodwill of good people doing good things. And if it decides to not operate that way, we're doomed. Well, this will fall squarely on Republicans. Because they're the ones who are not standing up. It's it's just mind-boggling. Well, really. with this whole, you know, that that now we're, you know, we're our deficit is is now a trillion something or other, and uh, and Will all be. the all of the Trump people are saying it's not it's not that the, it's not the tax bill, it's that they didn't decrease spending. <laughs> it's both. <laughs> Hello. And I'm, saying, and I'm thinking to myself, well, if you drown or you get shot. Aren't you still dead? Yeah, it doesn't matter. Okay, let's I mean, just what say it doesn't matter whether they right. didn't get enough. They don't have enough money, and they're still spending it. And these are supposed that is just antithetical to what a conservative Republican Congress should be doing. And I don't care whether it's because they cut the taxes too much or they didn't cut the spending too much enough. What they did resulted in this. That's right. 
Yep. Nobody else, just them. Yeah. These were the guys that would said no, 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 no to anything Barack Obama wanted to do as president because they were fiscal uh, hawks. That would raise the deficit. Uh-huh. We can't do that. Yep. <laughs> what? Just. It's just very interesting to hear the re- you know to hear what his minions say now in response to the obvious, which is this is bullshit, you know, and they go, oh no. It's because of blah, 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 blah. Say, by the way, it's totally off subject. I just have a little question. Yeah. Are you there? I am. I'm, yes. Susan? Where's my picture? Don't you see it? Is no. it up now? We thought it was up. No. Okay, Amy's on it. Believe me, we, I thought it was posted from the beginning. You're not seeing yourself? Is anyone seeing no, Susan? No, I tuned in just to see how horrifying I was going to feel. And I was relieved, and then, then I got vaguely disgruntled. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. I mean, we'll get... you know, like I got dressed up and put on makeup so you could take a picture and stuff. Uh, we'll... That's not true. No. I was at a wedding, and right. they took a picture. Oh. <laughs> the picture's on Facebook. You, but you don't know how to put it up on... No, we wanted it on the... Our, our... Okay, Amy's on it. Try to get it on. I don't worry, Susan. We you know, were. This is. I'm just saying the, it's up on Facebook. I am so tired of Facebook. It's <laughs> it. You are no longer allowed to do anything without having to deal with Facebook. I can't comment on um, on a publication that I subscribe to without signing in to Facebook. You know, what about people who don't have... See, I always say that when I see, when I come to a you thing... You are required, sign on to, to Facebook. private company no. and join them in no. order to exercise your First Amendment rights. Well, I won't. I, I just think Yeah, I don't. I, I think I mean, it's absolutely yeah. disgusting. Well, look, um, you know, in, in moments, uh, Zuckerberg is going to be... Oh, man, I almost feel sorry for him. He's, I mean... They're just gonna rip. Well, it's maybe why you know you don't put a a um, a kid in charge of a company. Well, he that he founded it. It was his has, idea. There's no way he would know what he didn't know. <laughs> you he know, re- I often I, isn't it true him, though? But isn't it true, Susan, that often the person that whose 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 uh, you know vision creates a company. Um, does not have the right uh, skills the right to, to run it. it, and especially when it becomes this behemoth. And so, yeah, he's probably out of his skill set. And he's, let's, can we remember, he's 33 years old, which to me is still yeah. a kid. <laughs> yeah. So I, he, I really think, and he won't, it's his baby, that uh, he should turn it over to business people or, Somebody, I don't know. I well, don't it's know. really the height of naivete to not think that there would be bad actors, um, you know, mining the of information course. trove that yeah. they insist. Well, that's their business model that is theirs. That's why if you say you can you can access my photos, well, you just lost control out of, of your whole photo thing. They are now theirs. Well, I and I want to mine them for whatever they right. want. And, I, and you can go off and not and not get that back. Well, this brings me to my biggest complaint about the technological revolution we're in, and it it is this: that the geniuses, and I don't use the word loosely, that invent this amazing stuff, um, rarely ask themselves okay, this is what I want to do with it. I want it as this force for good that will bring people together. They never ask. I mean, how naive is what could the bad guys do with it? I mean, whether you're developing some system that, you know, will end up killing people, like the drones. I mean, people who did the drones. Wait a minute. They they not only didn't ask, they went to Russia and taught them how to exploit the system. This is how you can find out this. This is how you can find out that. That this is that was one of the very first things that came out a long time ago. They taught them 
Yeah. It wasn't naive. I mean, it wasn't like they didn't know. They knew. Well, look, here's they the other thing. Them. Here's the other thing. When the commodity you are purveying uh, is us, is people who sign up and say, okay, I'll be one of your products. I'll be one of because that's how they make money. They sell their people who sign up for Facebook, for Twitter, for anything to advertisers. If you are the, um, if, if you're the product, don't expect it to be run for you because you're not where the money comes from. I, 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 don't, I don't know. Hey, by the way, Susan, Dorothea says, I can see Susan's picture on Facebook just fine and a very nice picture it is. So there you go. But we're 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 getting. Don't worry. We're getting you on the 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 homepage here. Okay? I was stealing myself for the for the reveal. <laughs> well, there. Dorothea gives you a thumbs up. Okay. Um, Chuck also just getting some other things in here. Chuck writes a couple of thoughts. We haven't heard from Pence in a long time. That is true. Not since the Olympics, which was not exactly a shining moment for the vice president. I am sure, says Chuck, he has sequestered himself in a bunker somewhere, choosing his cabinet. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if there's a way he's going to get taken down, too, because, I mean, he was privy to a lot of information. Um, he might end up going down, too, which would, of course, give us Paul Ryan <laughs> as a president. Oh, my God. And uh, Chuck also writes, after last night's breaking news, no one was talking about Zuckerberg anymore. That is true. He has to be very happy about that. Today, Zuckerberg faces a gaggle of bloviating politicians. Yeah, yeah, he's going to be just raked over the coals. And Chuck's third thought, Trump is a master of the sleight of hand and the art of redirection. What crisis will be created to take a, hello, Syria? I mean, he's got a ready-made one waiting. So, yeah, trouble. Uh, Roger writes, I can't remember your guest name last week who said that the Republican Party is dead. It's probably Jared Day. Uh, Mueller will be fired. Oh, he said the Republican Party is dead. Mueller will be fired and Manafort will be pardoned. Your guess might be right, but it might be worse than that. Trump may not be destroying the party, but he, along with his faithful 35 to 40%, may may be destroying the country. They're also building a new party, essentially an authoritarian, fascistic party. Who's going first, the party or the country, is what Roger wants to know. And uh, more important observation, the Pirates must be a cold-weather team, because Susan, they're, they're, they're winning. And uh, their game against the Cubs in, in uh, Chicago was uh, snowed out yesterday. It, it would have been snowed out here too. I mean, it was we we had snow all day. It was just so funny to uh -huh. wake up yesterday, and the only one that was happy was my the dog. dog. Yeah, yeah. It's I know snow came. You know, I actually had my. You know, I have that little pond. You call it a puddle in my backyard, and I had, I had the guys come and open it up and clean it and stuff, and so my hibernating little fish were like roused and. Um, I looked at them today. They're they're in there. They're swimming around, and I mean they're swimming around in the snow. And I, it, they don't like you know, eh -eh. their body closes down in 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 that temperature. I've never seen them swimming. But isn't it going to be seventy day yeah, after tomorrow? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Uh, but they're all mixed up, and everybody else is too. Hey, I also came upon um, two other little. Wait, yeah. Lynn. Yeah. What? You could put a sous vide. You could put a sous vide in the pond and bring it up to like eighty. <laughs> For those who don't know, what a sous vide <laughs> is, it's a cooking gadget uh, that what keeps a constant temperature, keeps food at a constant it, temperature. It, it brings it, it brings the a, a pot of water up to a the temperature that um, if you were using it for what it's intended would be the temperature that you wanted your meat to be at. So if you were cooking medium rare, you would stick a steak into a plastic bag, put it in a pot of water, which is set to an internal temperature of 140, and then uh, when it reaches it, it will just hold it there. 
and then you take it out and you sear it and serve, and it's always perfect. It's um, it's been used in restaurants for a long time, and now the public caught on. Okay, so, so I must say that I did have a turkey that was cooked in this manner, and it was the best turkey I ever had because it was totally moist. Who ever heard of a moist turkey? It was. Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, we're rambling far and near, but that's okay. this is what happens when a cook has two children and teaches them how to cook, and they go places where the original cook is not going. Well, that's okay. I mean, that's, yeah. People, I guess, uh, this is a fad. Right, I'm not, right. I'm not myself. I'm still trying to master the old-fashioned kind of cooking. We don't have Susan up yeah, here. Yeah, but I'm Susan, just saying with an extension cord and that thing dropped in the pond, your little goldfish could be a whole lot happier. Yeah. Susan, are you up? Look at the page. I think you're oh, up. Oh, God, I'll, I'll frighten myself. I looked it on Facebook, and I have to say, it scared the crap out of me. Oh, God. Um, it's a nice picture of you. Henry writes, Susan yeah, was... Susan. I have to... I All have right, to, um, enough. Susan was saying how... <laughs> almost, nobody likes how they look, how they sound, how anything. So that's that's a given. Susan was saying how she is tired of having to deal with Facebook for every little thing. Henry says, My soccer club uses Facebook to communicate with the parents. My township uses Twitter to get important short messages out to residents. Say what you will, but social media is a convenient and reliable form of communication when used properly. Well, that's what it was supposed to be, yeah. Trying to get the word out to soccer parents or residents via phone or email isn't reliable anymore. People don't answer their phones, and email often lands in your junk folder. So this is true. It is a reliable, right, way to contact people. So we got to learn how to somehow, I don't know if it's securable. Susan, Liberty Council, was that? I don't know. Neither of those things, neither Twitter nor Facebook would reliably get an important, timely message to me. Um, and a, a a text message would, and that's what most yeah. municipalities use. Yeah, text I think text message. message is the way to go. That's and, true. and that does not, you know, that doesn't have the same issues. I I do not think it is appropriate to be required to join something in order to participate in certain, you know, in unrelated activities. Especially join you know, something, so which we now we know. All those years yeah. of being annoyed getting ARP stuff in the mail, it turns out I have to join ARP because they've got the best insurance policy. You know, that I'll do. But I don't like being required to, to be on Facebook if I want to do any number of a bunch of things. You see how many times a site says sign in or sign in with Facebook. Yeah. A lot. A lot. A lot. And a lot of people default to signing in with Facebook. And I'm just, I'm not going to do it. And I'm, and I'm going to start letting people know that if the only way I can participate in what they want to do is by doing it, I will not participate. And it's, that's, it's unnecessary. It's just laziness and cheapiness. I want to um, just share one little um totally over-the-top uh, thing that the founder of Liberty Council, do you know who that is? That was, um, it's a conservative legal group. It's got to be conservative because it has liberty in the title. I know, I know. And uh, this person is calling for a boycott of Girl Scout cookies. And here's why. Because why? They, uh, well, they don't discriminate. Here's why. Here's why. No, here's why. Because Girl Scouts promote abortion. Yeah, I got my abortion badge. Check it out. Abortion and, yeah, se hey. and sexual. I only had to get three. Yeah. <laughs> um. The Girl Scouts promote abortion and sexual promiscuity. Oh, yeah. I got my sexual promiscuity. That's back. what I got out of the brownies, let and me tell yeah, you. Yeah, me too. And 
one of the other horrible things this guy says they did, thus we should all boycott their cookies, is that Girl Scout affiliates once attended a United Nations conference on women. <laughs> and I'm not done. And that the Girl Scouts once shared on its Facebook page an image of a girl participating in the vulgar and profanity-laden women's march. Who is this guy? <laughs> he is the founder of something called Liberty Council. See, as council as in uh, attorney kind of council. Liberty Council, a conservative legal group. Calling for a boycott of them Girl Scouts because they went on that women's march. They went to a UN conference on women. And uh, well, can I can I point out that lawyers um, uh, take an oath to uphold the law and and the Constitution? I mean, you raise your hand and you swear, you know, just like you're being sworn in. You're sworn into the bar, and you promise these things. And what he is advocating is just flat-out discrimination and against the law. Well, as I said, he is a conservative uh, legal counsel. He's, you know, the hysterics. This is the world they live in. I mean, first of all, women and girls are scaring the hell out of them. Incredible. One more well, thing. Did anybody we should. see? Yeah, I did have that? to say, I'm, I, I'm in one of my more radical, radicalized phases at the moment. Yeah. I had one back in the uh, late 70s, and I'm there again. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people are. Um, Did you read the Lily Ledbetter opinion piece in the New York Times? No. When? Which New York Times? Uh, maybe it was today. Maybe it wasn't published yet, and it's only online. Oh, but she writes about yeah, Lily Ledbetter being the woman that lost her own case before the Supreme Court for equal pay right. because uh, she didn't she didn't complain fast enough, which, of course, she couldn't do because she didn't know about it, but those were the rules in place, and this that Supreme Court found against her. And then the Congress passed a law called the Lilly Ledbetter Can you Act, imagine the Congress a, passed a law? Um, equal pay. Yeah. Wait, Susan, what did you just say? The right. what? The so Congress passed two. a law that protected women? My God, what Congress was that? Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, it was under Obama. I know, but it wasn't uh, totally owned and operated. It had a it had a Democratic House, the Lily Ledbetter law. And yeah, what's she saying? Right, but she she writes in this thing that what she she was writing about equal pay, and that and but the Me Too movement made her think, and that she real and then she started listing all the Me Too stuff that she put up with, and that she acts she also complained about. And then the man that was her harasser was, uh, you know, nothing ever happened to her except that she, of course, was punished and yeah. scorned, and it took a long time for her to live it down and continue. Sure. Um, but she writes about how both of those, those things should not be separated, equal pay and sexual harassment, that they go hand in hand. They are both about power. They are both about keeping women in their place. They're just different avenues to the same goal. And it was a very, very good piece of writing about how everything is, is linked and how we need to start looking at it that way. Yeah. Uh, one more little thing. Did you catch the picture of the White House interns group? Did you check it? When we think of White House. All those white kids? Yeah. <laughs> Did you? Unbelievable. It was a whole bunch. I mean, it was a lot of people. As a matter of fact, it was 91 young people posed with the president. And uh, the president is beaming. And you look at it, and you th they had one black guy up in the front row. 
And then I looked. Like we wouldn't notice otherwise. Right, right. Push that guy out there. I'm surprised. They did. Of the 91, three are not white. Three. And that means they could be Asian. <laughs> Two are, could be Asian. All right, and right. he really might have been the only black person there. 91. But I guarantee you they're congratulating themselves about, about the one person of color. Uh, there was a a school board in um, election in in my old hometown and in one of the little municipalities a very very wealthy place called Clayton which is the county seat they elected their first african american to their school board oh and were they all all the liberals were really comes, thrilled this, well, what happens is there's a news article because, of course, the African-American was uh, stopped by the police for going door-to-door in Clayton and introducing himself. <laughs> so the police stopped him not once but twice because people <laughs> called up about a black man going door-to-door. Um, oh, jeez. So, <laughs> so this makes the news, and everybody writes in going, this is not a racist thing. This is just a and then he gets elected, and everybody starts writing in letters congratulating themselves for electing him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's and I'm thinking to works. myself, white people are so clueless. They're proud. They, they're proud of the fact that they voted for this guy, and they think that proves that they aren't racist. And they write into the newspaper about being proud that they elected this guy, and this proves that they aren't racist. And I'm thinking to myself, no, the fact that you're proud about it proves that you are. <laughs> well, it suggests, I mean, it's that not being a... racist means you didn't even notice. It's a, it just happens. It's just a thing. Well, uh, yeah, but I, didn't you feel proud when we elected Barack Obama? Um, yes, because the whole the whole the whole country was moved to do it. When a when a rich little white suburban place that doesn't allow people of color to make enough money to live within their borders, except for one or two outliers, I don't think it's a thing to be proud of. No. Okay. So listen to this. I got another change of subject. Um, this is just mind-boggling. Who? Uh, it turns out that there is somebody who uh, benefits when our children are slaughtered in uh, their schools. And the ast- I, I'm just blown away by this. Not surprisingly, it Security is... Security firm? Nope, it's the NRA. Listen to this. Donations to the NRA spiked after 17 people were killed in the shooting at Parkland. The NRA's... Well, that's that's like I give money to Planned Parenthood every time someone tries to defund it. So kids get killed, and the reaction of some people is to write a check to the NRA? It said that in January, yeah. their political action uh, arm received uh, about $250,000, according to, uh, you know, filings they have to make. And it's called the Political Victory Fund. And immediately after the Parkland shooting that killed 17 people, mostly children, $800,000 poured in just in February after that shooting. So they make out like bandits. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah, but I again, I'll just I it, it's not it's not a thing solely done by people that are NRA, you know, advocates. 
I behave much the same way when the things that I hold dear are threatened. I, my things just aren't guns, but that's their thing. Yeah. And yeah, you're right. It's awful that they seem to be able to separate these mass killers and mass killings from from their having any responsibility for it. And frankly, folks, I think we're all we've allowed this to happen. Yeah, we're we're all complicit. until we stop it. We are, you know, let's use that term. We're complicit. Uh, all right, Henry is. And Chuck have both shot back. Wait a minute. God, you got, you got emails coming in by the... Hang on. Uh, Henry says... Uh, oh, it just reposted. How odd. It was the same one. How is that weird that his email repeated itself? How is that... How'd that happen? Anyway... Laura writes, Susan's comment, and I only had to get three abortions, made me laugh out loud. I can't imagine boy. <laughs> I can't imagine boycotting Girl Scout cookies because they went to a march. Makes me want to buy more cookies, says Laura. And by the way, Susan's photo is very nice. Great update. There you go, Suze. Okay. Oh, and that Chuck Thank thing was you. just the same. Boy, how did both those just pop back up? Strange. All right. Uh, Susan, I want to, um, I think you'll like this. Uh, this was in the New York Times on Sunday. You might have seen it. It was uh, just somebody writing about how much of what's on television makes them crazy. And I'll, I'll just quote the, the first part of the first paragraph. I cannot watch Black Mirror anymore. Its metaphors have grown stale, and its messages, once distorted and eerie, now land with a thud. The same holds true for most so-called prestige television, from the violent, misogynist dystopia of The Handmaid's Tale to the violent, misogynist dystopia of Westworld. They feel manipulative, and watching them does nothing but intensify my already simmering anxieties, which I suspect is the point of the programs. You know, I think that she's absolutely right. I watched Westworld. I watched Black Mirror. I did not watch The Handmaid's Tale. But you, and, and then you get to the point where you just can't because it is. They are all unbelievable. I mean... They're, they make you a wreck. And there are lots of them filled with unbelievable violence and misogyny. Why do we watch that for entertainment? Does it help us in any way? Not me. I watch, I, I watch, <laughs> I watch total crap. I can't do it. <laughs> well, here's, that's why I, I wanted you to hear this. So here's what this woman said. So... Nowadays, when the kitchen is clean and the cats are fed and my brain is on its downward spiral towards sleep, all I want to do is sink into the couch and turn on House Hunters. So she watches HGTV, which is what you watch, right? Yeah. And... Um, and she says, HGTV is a channel whose mission, and this is so true whose mission is to make all Americans not only want to own a home, but also to be perpetually dissatisfied with it once they do. <laughs> Think about that. Think about well, that. that happens anyway. <laughs> but, I mean, I know I can't watch them. I, 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 I can't watch that, but I also no, can't I, watch... No, I, I think the biggest problem is that it, it promotes um, the same sort of bad taste. Oh, you don't like, yeah. Well, well, I mean, but also it it uh, it makes people spend money unnecessarily. It makes people want to, yeah, I know. renovate. But if I see one more big drum lampshade hanging off of something, I think I'll die. <laughs> so I don't know. It's it's just part of again uh, appealing to the consumer in us, 
those other shows appeal to the what anxious uh, person? Yeah, I in mean th- th- that's sort of what I do. I choose things that don't make me more right. anxious right. than I am anyway. Right. And and I and I've always been that way. I mean, I I don't like scary movies. I barely like thrillers. Uh, because I, I don't enjoy the physical sensation of being scared, and it, that's not entertaining for me. So as I've gotten older and the world has seemed to be to be an increasingly more scary place, and I am more anxious anyway, I, you know, I'll, give me a show about a wedding dress, which I never bought, I never owned, and I never will. But that I'll watch. It doesn't make me anxious. Well, I, I totally understand. Um, I... I read a lot, and uh, and I have friends who read a lot, and uh, a friend gave me two books, both of which I read, and then I said to her, why do you read these things that make you a wreck? One was about a nanny who killed her ch- the children she was with, and the other was a very real-time uh, story, uh, wonderful wonderfully well done, but so heart-wrenching about the lives of these African immigrants, who refugees, who are stuck in Germany. And it is, um, but it, your heart just is ripped apart. And I, I you know, I want, I said, I'm going to have to read the Bobsy Twins or something. I, you're or go hey, watch the remake of Anna Green Gables. I hope they come out with a season two. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm telling you, that's just about where I am. Yeah, they, well, I think I am too. And and I was talking uh, the other yesterday, I think, with with Amy about reading all these great reviews about the uh, uh, Krasinski film, this scary film that's like people are flocking. oh, where you can't make a noise. Oh yeah, I'm going to go see that one. Well, I mean, what do they have to do? Kill the baby after it's born? That's like you know. Well, I guess there is a pregnant woman involved, so she would have to go through labor without making a sound, and then and then have and a then baby, a baby can't who would can't cry, which is impossible. So, I read another review of it last night, and it the review so scared me that I had thought I was going to go see it, but I don't think I, there's no way I can. There's just no way I can. It sounds absolutely terrifying. And like you, I don't like, I don't think that fear is entertaining. Although we're, I think, in a minority there. I also, it's why I don't like, you know, scary rides on, you know, uh, that other people like. Well, I don't like those just because I throw up. Yeah, well, I do too. But I'm, I, I, I just, the world is so frightening now that all I want from entertainment is some kind of reassurance. Um, and it's not out there because increasingly every everything on TV, everything on in the movies, it, it's, it's like post-apocalyptic, what am I having trouble saying, post-apocalyptic. It's apocalyptic. It, it is dystopian, the same thing. Well, and that's where the, the same thing. Not apocalyptic. Yeah, well, it's apocalyptic. <laughs> that reminds me of a word I still can't pronounce. Val, I always say valid Victorian. It seems proper because it would be a victory for somebody to end up being a valid Victorian. No, it's a valid dick. I know it's a valid dick. But that doesn't seem right. <laughs> a Boy, valid dick. If we, were, if we dick? were playing a drinking, drinking no, I mean, game and drink, dick was the magic word, we'd be, yeah, we'd we'd be, be in trouble today. Yeah, right. So, <laughs> valedictorian. I remember my astonishment when I saw it spelled out and I looked at it and thought it was a mistake. I looked again and I just have a lot of trouble saying it because it doesn't seem right. I'm just saying. Oh. Okay. Now what? So much stuff here. I got so much stuff here. So will somebody explain to me how with 
modern science as it is that we could have just discovered that there's an entire organ in the human body we didn't know about? How is that possible? Did you see that, Susan? Does it have three keyboards and two foot pedals or what? No, no, a real organ, like a liver. I mean, come on. Did you know about this? What is it? Did you know about it? No. Well, it's true. No. Okay. I'll read it to you because I can't explain it. But I've, I've read a number of articles about it. It's the real deal. Although there's some people saying, I don't know if I'd call it an organ. But it turns out... That it, oh, is this like Uranus or Uranus? No, 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 no. Okay, what they've discovered, and this is in the human body, which has been dissected, looked at, sonogrammed, blah, blah, blah. How could this be? They have discovered a vast network of fluid-filled channels that surrounds our muscles and lines our digestive system, our respiratory system, our urinary tracts. And they're saying, the scientists are now trying to say, what is this? They're calling it the, the interstitium. And researchers believe that this newly found structure, which appears to essentially be an open, fluid-filled highway in our bodies, serves as a, some kind of an internal shock absorber for other organs, but also plays a major role in the immune system. It is the source of lymph, which dispatches white blood cells, but they're also saying they think this is how cancer cells spread. They get into this fluid-filled highway, and they that's how a, a cancer must metastasizes. Once they get in, this scientist says, it's like they're on a water slide. So we have a new window on the mechanism of tumor spread. Anyway, it says this thing that they didn't even know was there holds about 20% of all the fluid in the human body, but, and here is how, this is something new, it has evaded detection until now. Because since tissue samples are typically dehydrated before being examined under a microscope, if you dehydrate, the interstitium essentially disappears. It collapses. But how wouldn't you see it in like an MRI or a, I, I don't understand. Well, they know that our body is, I mean, they had to know I, that it was there they just no. didn't identify it as one huge system okay they say this discovery may lead to a significant reassessment of anatomy <laughs> wow what the eh! uneffing believable well, that's embarrassing okay unbelievable we have a call and we, we have to make that call quick hi caller uh hi caller Hi, Lynn. It's Michael from Polish Hill. Okay, hi. Um, I know there's just a couple minutes left, but I just wanted to tell you, hey, if you want to go see the Krasinski film, yeah. I will go with you and hold your hand. Really? You get scared. I will get scared. I won't yeah, even be able course. to look at it. I'll be... They said... You no, know, well, here's the thing about those quiet... Here's the thing about those quiet films. Um, a couple years ago, um, I took my mom... She she wanted to see this. Uh, it was one of the newer Woody Allen films, Moonlight Magic or something. It was a period piece, very quiet. Look, I pity anyone who wants to hear a Krasinski silent film in like a multiplex because when we were watching this Woody Allen film, right next door was Teenage Mutant Ninja <laughs> Turtles, and it pretty much drowned out yeah. the whole Woody Allen right. Movie. The other thing about it was so quiet that my mom and I were the only people there except one other person behind us. Yeah. This was at the water, not the waterworks, the other water yeah. one. Water but, front. Uh, yeah. So we were three people in the theater, and there was this very slow, 
quiet reveal part of a mystery and both my mom and my stomach growls at the same time <laughs> someone like says some line and both of our stomachs just went like <laughs> and then we both started laughing so hard because the only other person in the theater was like one row behind us and we knew they must have heard it and we, and we just didn't stop laughing but anyway it's kind of that would be the most scary thing about going to see quiet films but anyway, I'll go with you. Let's make a date. Let's do it. Uh, all right. Okay. I'll, I don't I'll, think I'll, I can. I'll, I'll, I'll all right. Your DM. I don't know, though, Michael. Okay. Goodbye. Jeez. I really don't think I can okay, see Okay. Sorry. It. Bye. Nice don't go. Coming. Don't go. What do you mean? You I wouldn't mean, go. You don't want to go. Don't go. Okay. All right. Whatever. All right. But anyway. it's a nice invitation. It's very nice invitation, and I haven't seen him in a long, long time, and it'd be very nice. Jesus, we couldn't just meet for coffee. I don't even drink coffee. But, um, all right, I think that's it, Susan. We're we're done. Okay. Okay. So thank you very much. Appreciate it very much. I want to remind my audience that we have a guest tomorrow, Eric Liggy. I think that's how it's pronounced, and he's a. It's really odd what he what he wrote in the paper, and and I need him to come here and explain it to all of us. Okay, that's that's the best I can do explaining it. Um, all right, Suze, thank you. Okay, bye. 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 And, uh, to you, bye. Lynn Cullen Live, Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.